Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. I'm Brandon Ward. And I'm Ron Jorla. We want to thank you for listening to another installment of Pastor Matters. I'm excited not only for today's topic, brother, but I guess you could say for the series of topics we are looking to discuss over the next few weeks, the topic of meaningful membership in a local church. We're kicking this series off today by talking about a meaningful membership process. Mm. But before we get into what a membership process looks like in a church, Let's start off by defining what meaningful membership is. So what do we mean, no pun intended, uh, when we say or we talk about meaningful membership in a local church context? Yeah, well, first, um, before we can talk about meaningful membership, let's talk about membership, what membership is. So when we think about membership, we probably shouldn't think like uh, Costco or Sam's Club or something like that, that type of membership or membership to Gold's Gym or something like that, where uh, you are basically getting permission uh, with your membership to use the goods and the services that are there within the within the store, within the, the company. Um, so if I have a, a, a membership to uh, Costco, uh, then that means that I have the ability then to shop at Costco and use all the goods and so on there. And there's no other re- requirement. You know, it's just I can, you know, get gas from the Costco gas station, you know, or, or something like that. Uh, they don't require anything of me except the membership fee. Right. They're, they're there to serve you. Exactly. They're there to serve me. I'm there to, you know, to buy stuff, you know, but that's about it. Uh, if that's the way we think of church membership, then we're in trouble mm. uh, because obviously uh, and, and there are people who, who think this way wrongly. Uh, that the church is here to serve me, and it's a one-way street. There's nothing else, you know, that's required of me uh, except to be there and to, you know, to uh, to let them serve me. Um, that's not where we get the concept of membership. We don't get it from retail uh, or anything like that. In fact, the the member language comes from the scriptures themselves. Uh, when the apostle Paul would talk about the local church, he would use the language of the body. It's a body. Uh, and just as a body has different body parts, Paul's uh, language for the body parts are members. So the church has many members. So when we think about membership, we shouldn't be thinking in terms of of retail, but rather we should be thinking in terms of a body. Now, uh, certainly, if you have body parts or body members, if you will, uh, then it's a little bit more significant than it is with retail. If Costco uh, loses your membership, uh, Costco will live on. (laughs) But if I am dismembered, (laughs) my body is dismembered. Um, I'm going to remember that. Uh, I'm going to, you know, be mindful of, of not having a leg, you know, or be mindful of not having, uh, you know, a pinky toe, you know, or something like that, because uh, not only are uh, my members, uh, my body, if you will, uh, supposed to serve the members of my body, but my members are meant to serve the body. It's a, it's a reciprocal thing. Um, and, and the church is in much the same way. The church exists to serve uh, uh, her members, and the members exist to serve the church. And where we are serving 
when the whole is serving the parts and the parts are serving the whole, uh, then we are um, uh, a, a greater and more effective witness for uh, for the community around. Now, we say meaningful membership because for a lot of churches, membership has lost its meaning. Uh, you have folks who have become members of a local church, but they don't know what that means. Um, they, they, they haven't embraced the body concept. Um, and because they haven't embraced the body concept, it's really, in, in a lot of cases, degenerated into more of a retail uh, concept of membership. So it's not really required for me to show up. It's not really required for me to do anything. It's not really required for me to serve. And certainly I can go around outside of Costco and I can live any kind of way. Costco has no demand on my life. Um, and and I don't you know uh, bring any type of disrepute on the company of Costco because they couldn't care less how I live my life just as long as I show up and buy stuff. And for a lot of people, uh, that's what they think of church membership. You should be glad that we're here, but please don't require anything of us uh, because, you know, we're <laughs> that's not what membership uh, is. But to the contrary, biblical membership is a demand on our lives um, and uh, and it's a demand on our witness, not just within the, uh, the walls of our of our gathering, but even beyond. Mm. No, that's really, really helpful. Helps give a good understanding of what membership is, which I think is important when you're thinking through what the process is or what it should look like. Mm -hmm. So moving in that direction, what does a comprehensive membership process typically look like and how long should that process take? Yeah. So if somebody is becoming a member of a local church, uh, first off, it, it should, the process should uh, convey something of the gravity uh, and the meaningfulness of of this relationship, of this uh, um, of what God is doing and bringing somebody into a local church. So, you know, we're both uh, in the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, you know, we both work for Southeastern Seminary, and we know that Baptists have had a mixed <laughs> history when it comes to the membership process. There are many, 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 many Baptist churches uh, where becoming a member may be the easiest thing that, that you could do in life. I mean, <laughs> you have the service, uh, and at the end of the service, the, the preacher, uh, you know, he's just finished up his, ser his uh, sermon, and he said he gives a, an altar call. They're singing just as I am, uh, and he comes down to the uh, to the to the uh, to the ground level after being on the platform, and uh, and he gives two different calls. One is a call to salvation, the altar call, and the other is a call to membership. Uh, so uh, people are coming down the aisle. Uh, some are coming to, you know, to come to faith in Jesus. Maybe you might have the third option, which is to rededicate your life to Christ. Uh, and then you have the folks who are coming uh, to become members. And then, you know, they're coming probably with a membership card, which is found in the pews. And they sign out their name and everything. And, and they check the box. Either I'm checking the box to, to uh, make a profession of faith. I'm checking the box to rededicate my life. Or I'm checking the box to become a church member. And then once they do that, then, uh, you know, with the uh, with the congregation present, 
they say all in favor, you know, of of bringing, you know, Julie here uh, into the membership of the church, say aye, and everybody says aye. Granted, nobody has a clue who Julie is. Um, <laughs> we, we just met her two seconds ago uh, when she was walking down, you know, to the front and, uh, and you know, all in, all opposed. Well, how can anybody oppose? They have no idea who she is. Right. And that is the member, the membership process. Hey, welcome. You're now a member of this church. Uh, that's not the way it should go. That's <laughs> not the way it should go. Rather, we should be communicating throughout the whole process uh, that being a member of a church means something. Uh, you are becoming a part of this local body. You are joining your life together with the lives of the people that are here in this church. And this church is uh, is committing uh, uh, herself uh, to your care and to your growth, uh, your spiritual growth, um, and to your overall health and well-being and so on as well. Uh, so, you know, if you are in a car accident or, or something like that, and, and you are bedridden and, uh, and so on, the deacons of the church put together a plan to make sure that your needs are met, you know, to make sure your grass is mowed. Uh, the ladies in the church get together meal, you know, meal plans and things like that to make sure that you uh, are, are off your feet and you don't have to worry about that. Think about this when someone has a, a baby and so on. If someone loses a loved one, who shows up? You know, is that the local church or, or you know, uh, your church members and so on? They're there to pray for you, to, to give you a shoulder to cry on and, and so forth. And you get the opportunity to serve them. So the, uh, there has to be a long enough process for uh, the church to get to know who you are so that when we uh, accept you into membership, or at least have the choice to accept you into membership, we're able to do that in with with some type of information and some you know semblance of of who you are that we can be able to say yay or nay. Mm-hmm. The same thing on on your side. If you are becoming a part of this local church, then you need to know what the church believes. You need to know how the church functions and practices. You need to know uh, uh, if this is the kind of church that you could entrust yourself to, uh, you know, to grow spiritually, that I trust this church's judgment. I trust the, the church's, um, uh, uh, their testimony and so on, that I will become more like Jesus by being in this community. Um, and, you know, is, are there areas where I can serve? Uh, where I don't just sit as a spectator, but I can use the gifts that the Spirit has given me for the good of the body. That all of these factors demand that this process has to take some time for me to gather that kind of information and for the church to gather that kind of information. So, uh, so yeah, um, I, I am a, a firm believer in membership classes. Um, I'm a firm believer in in uh, potential members being a part of a small group or a Sunday school at the very least or something where you can be able to uh, to get to know the church and the church is able to get to know you. Um, and we can get, get in specifics about right, that a little bit right, later, right. But, but those are kind of the overarching things. It, it, it should not be a quick and easy thing. It should be something that takes a lot of time uh, and thought and prayer uh, so that uh, we know at least as best as we can that this is the place where God wants me to serve and the church knows this is a person that we want to be a part of our body. Right. Now, that's really helpful. You described exactly what or what I saw before coming here in terms of how quick it was to become a member of a church where mm. you could walk into the doors of a church 
the day of and walk out a member. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until coming here that I saw any sort of process for membership. So just to give a little bit of, of information about what our church does, the, the steps are kind of like this. So first of all, you attend the church, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer. Yep, you got to show uh, up. You got to show up. That's <laughs> that's step one. Step two is to, and, and step two and step three can really be done in any particular order, but typically, you know, when you're at that service, you're filling out a connection card, you're talking with people at the church, at the welcome desks, you know, the, the elder, one of the elders will make a you know, a, a call for you to come meet with one of them after the service so that they can get to know you. Then after that, which is the step two, you, you either attend a membership class or you do step three, uh, which is get plugged into a care group, one of those. And like I said, those can be done in any particular order. For for Debbie and I, we, we got plugged into a care group because we wanted to know what, what that looked like and, and to learn a little bit more about the church, learn a little bit more about the other members and so that the other members could learn more about us. Uh, so we got plugged into a care group. Uh, the membership class, which we are going to talk more about, kind of what that would look like for pastors that are thinking, yeah, I want to do that, but but what do I put in a membership class? <laughs> How mm -hmm. long should a member class uh, membership class be? Mm -hmm. uh, that was kind of the next step, which was really really helpful. Then the I think the step I appreciated the most for us was after we decided, you know, we want to be here, we love what this church is, is doing, we we want to be a part of this. We had we we had an interview with one of the elders. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that was just a really cool thing <laughs> because we were able to share our testimonies with the elder. The elder uh, was able to, uh, the one we met with, was able to share his testimony. We talked about ways we could serve the church. Uh, we had filled out a form at the membership class of some of the areas we were interested in serving. And so we got to talk to him a little bit more about what that would look like. And so uh, that was the one of the, the steps. And then we, of course, signed a form, which was a covenant, which we'll get into. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we were voted on by the congregation. Uh, and typically those votes happen during membership meetings, which happen every so often. Mm -hmm. uh, and the church usually gets an email before that membership uh, meeting with the, the prospective members mm -hmm. so that if there are concerns, if there are questions, that that can get addressed in that amount of time yeah. leading up to the membership meeting. So it's mm -hmm. very, you know, those are a lot of steps and the time varies, right? I'm not sure that, you know, we can say, you know, it's got to be three months or it's got to be a month or, yeah. or any of that. It just needs to be intentional, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like you need to, you need to be able to let this membership process actually mean something for yeah. to show that membership is meaningful, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. in the, in the church. Absolutely. Uh, what are some dangers though? Cause we talked about a quick approach, mm -hmm. you know, the going in as a visitor coming out as a member, what are some dangers to that quick approach? Hmm. Well, uh, one of the things that I think both of us uh, just emphasized was the ability to know and be known. Um, if, if we go too fast, then we lose that time, you know, to know and to be known. Um, if I'm in a church and I don't know what's going on here, I don't know what the church believes, I don't know what the church is committed to, you know, in terms of its mission. I don't, I don't know what the church expects, you know, in terms of uh, the behavior of the people, the testimony, you know, the witness of the people. If I don't know those types of things, um, then I run the risk of committing myself to a people uh, that I don't agree with. You know, uh, we're, we're not in agreement in terms of our beliefs. We're not in agreement in terms of our, our standard of behavior, you know, and, and so forth. 
Um, and you know, the relationship probably isn't, isn't going to work very well. Um, uh, and, and on the other side, uh, there are things that your pastor, your elders, you know, so on need to know about you. If we're going to care for you well, you know, and shepherd you well, well, I, I need to know that <laughs> if I'm the pastor, I need to know that. And that, that takes time. The only way to know that is, is with time. Um, Somebody may be coming in, uh, let's just use an anecdote, somebody may be able to come, may, may, uh, come into the church, and let's say that they were uh, just an absolute ravage, you know, uh, um, to the previous church where they were at. You know, they sowed discord, they were spreading lies and gossip, you know, they, they split the church up and all of these different things. And, and then, you know, they come over to your church and put on a smile and, you know, they, they've got the makeup on and, and so on, or they've got their hair well done, well groomed and everything. And they're going to be a member of your church. Well, if you don't know where they came from, you could be fooled like the Gibeonites <laughs> and in Joshua to think that, you know, they're coming in and, oh, these folks are innocent. These folks are wonderful. Oh, my goodness. They'll do a wonderful job at this church, not knowing that you, what you're you're bringing in a Trojan horse. I mean, you're bringing in, you know, uh, a, a person who could completely wreck the ministry. There. Right. Time is needed in order to do the vetting. Time is needed to know who they are, where they came from, you know, what happened at the other church, you know, and, and all. All of these different things. Now, it, it may be that you may say, you know what, uh, there's some things here that we need to be mindful of, we need to be concerned with, and so on. And, you know, we won't necessarily deny membership to this person, but we do need to be careful and we do need to make sure that this person gets the counsel and so on that they need and the accountability uh, that they need. Uh, but at least you know that you know, as opposed to being blindsided by that, um, you know, along the way. Think about the membership process, much like premarital counseling. You know, it's good to know things before you give your vows. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, it doesn't mean that once they're there that, that you know, uh, you know, you, you'll, um, uh, you know, be unfaithful to them or something like that or, or, or whatever. And of course, you know, there is church discipline, but it's just wiser to know as much as you can before you make that kind of commitment. And I think that that definitely applies with the local church too. Hmm. Real quick, if you heard an explosion, that was me knocking over a water bottle. I just want to point out the fact you didn't flinch. You just kept, <laughs> you just kept charging through it. Yeah. It was very impressive. It's like uh, Kobe with uh, who's the guy with the basketball that oh, yeah. tried to throw it at Kobe's face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that was great. But yeah, you're you're right. There there may be an assumption that the prospective members have a correct understanding of what the church is, or even what the gospel is. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't had a conversation, at minimal, at least a conversation with the person, it, it can be very problematic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So maybe you have a pastor listening right now, and you're like. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't have somebody become a member right during, you know, their first service or something. But, you know, I don't know if a process is necessary. Let's just let them keep attending. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't really see the point of membership classes or, you know, an interview or anything like that. Why would you why would you still kind of push them towards coming up with a process? Yeah, well, as a pastor, you want to know your flock. You know, you want to know who uh, God has entrusted to your care. You know, I, I, a verse that I come back to so many times, it's actually a verse for church, for church members, 
and how they are to be with with pastors. But there's this little uh, line in here that is very, very relevant, and every pastor needs to listen up to it. So the church member needs to hear the first part, obey your leaders and submit to them. Uh, that's a good thing to, to remember. Obey your leaders and submit to them. Uh, so God has given you a pastor, you know, or pastors. God has given you elders, you know, and so on. Uh, he says, pay attention to them. And in fact, he says later on uh, uh, that uh, we should um, obey them and so on so that they can serve with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So church members, you need to pay attention to that. You know, listen to your uh, to your leaders, obey them, serve them, submit them, uh, submit to them and so on, uh, uh, to their leadership and so on. Uh, and, and they should be able to lead with joy. You know, uh, you want to be a joyful sheep <laughs> and who wants, who has joyful shepherds, um, uh, you know, that are over you. But for the pastor, this middle part of Hebrews 13, 17 is very important. It says, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. In other words, you're going to stand before the Lord and you're going to give an account for how you watched over, kept watch over the souls that were entrusted to you. Okay. So if I have someone who is coming into membership, uh, who's, who's thinking about coming into membership right from the start, I think it's wise for you to establish, if you will, even if it's just for the sake of first impressions, you're establishing to them the kind of care that you want to give them the kind of uh, care that you will stand before the Lord for. Uh, so who are they? Get to know who they are. What's their testimony? Uh, are they believers? <laughs> it's probably good for you to know that before you extend membership to them. Um, are they believers? Have they been baptized? How were they at the church before uh, before they came, if they were at a church before? Um, where are they in their walk? Are they new believers? Are they uh, seasoned believers? Have they been walking with the Lord for a long time? Did they just come to faith last week? You know, all of these things you need to know. What's their, what are their, what is their uh, family like, you know, and, and so on. How has the spirit gifted them if they are believers? You know, all of these things, it's good for you to know right from the start uh, so that you can shepherd them well and, uh, and, and that you can lead them in a manner that is, uh, that is pleasing to the Lord. When, uh, so that when you give an account, you can say from day one, I cared for them well uh, uh, with the, the help that the spirit has given to me. So yeah, I wouldn't wait on that. I, I don't think there's any reason to wait on that. I think right from the beginning, if you're going to be shepherding them, it's good for you to know who they are so that you can care for them well. Mm, that's really helpful. So let's talk about membership classes this is something we've mm -hmm. brought up a couple of times. What are some things pastors who are listening saying, yes, I want to do this. This sounds great. What are some things that they can, uh, that they need to include mm -hmm. if they're going to put together a membership class uh, for prospective members? Yeah. So for starters, uh, they need to know what this church is about. Um, what are you about? What is, what is your mission uh, you know, what, what have you set out to say, this is, this is who we are and this is why we're here, uh, as a local church in this community, uh, and so forth. Um, you need to let them know what you believe. Uh, it's, it's remarkable to me, uh, how many church members, uh, don't know the beliefs of their local church. Um, I put some of that on the shoulders of the pastors, um, perhaps even a majority of the of the burden on the on uh, the pastors teach 
your people what the church believes. Um, God forbid that the beliefs of the church aren't actually what the church believes um, because they're not taught and, and they're not uh, discipled in uh, those, uh, those beliefs and those doctrines. Uh, so right from the start, if you're going to be a part of this church, this is what we believe. And, uh, and we love these truths. We, we, uh, we are committed to teaching people uh, these truths because we want people to know uh, the truth about who God is and the truth about, uh, you know, the world that he's made and the, the gospel that, uh, that he's uh, entrusted to us and so forth. So what does the church believe? And then also, well, how does the church behave? Um, so what, uh, if you, if your church has a church covenant, which I would encourage you to, uh, to adopt a church covenant, how, what do we expect of our people in terms of their living? So it's not enough just to say we believe these things and we just gather together every week, you know, just to kind of um, uh, reaffirm our beliefs. And, you know, we check check up on each other. Hey, you still, you know, rocking with the Trinity? Yeah, I still love the Trinity. All right, that's great. Go on now. See you next time. Uh, you know, no, that's not how this is. But rather, uh, this is a uh, the church is a relationship. It's a it's a body of believers fellowshipping together, doing life together. Um, and of course, uh, going and, uh, and, and, uh, living out, you know, the faith in, in holiness and godliness. And so, uh, what does that look like? What does that mean? You know, what do we expect of each other, uh, in terms of our living? And so, uh, you know, if you have a church covenant or something along those lines, teach that, you know, in your membership class, this is what, you know, what this looks like. Uh, also, um, if you have missionaries and 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 um, uh, folks that are serving, you know, from your church uh, around the world or or perhaps around the country or something like that, let them know uh, to at least get into the 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 habit of praying for uh, your people, praying for you know those who have gone out and 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 so forth as well. Um, and you know, if there are areas to serve, make that known. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, we we could really use some folks to serve in this way. Uh, how has the Lord gifted you? Uh, you know, perhaps the Lord has brought you here to serve in, in this ministry that we really need, you know, some folks to serve in this ministry, you know, and things like that. So, you know, I, the membership class should be uh, in a good introduction into who the church is, who we are, uh, you know, what we believe, so on. I, I didn't mention this, but I also mentioned this as well, the history of the church, right? You know, how did we get here? <laughs> where have we come from? And, and uh, you know, where are we heading as well? So yeah, let, lay all of that stuff out so that your folks can, uh, your potential members can give an informed uh, decision on whether God wants them there. Yeah, because believe it or not, these prospective members want to know these things. Oh, so yeah. I would say minimally, exactly what you said, the mission of the church, mm -hmm. values of the church, doctrinal beliefs of the church, mm -hmm. history of the church. And I'm not just saying that as somebody who loves history. People mm -hmm. want to know yeah. about your church. Absolutely. Areas of, of service. What, what are some needs? What are what are uh, some expectations, right? So this is something that our church has recently done, where where we came up with six membership expectations. Because you you have mm -hmm. a good you raised a good question. What do we expect of each other, mm -hmm. right? And so our church came up with these six expectations, which are I love. They are gather regularly, mm -hmm. abide in Christ faithfully, serve diligently, love sacrificially, give generously, and live missionally. These are things you want. Uh, people who are, you know, thinking about joining your church to know. 
if you're going to be a part of this, this mm -hmm. is what you've got to be sold out mm -hmm. on these things. And then also just a chance for, for them to ask questions mm -hmm. and you to be ready yeah. uh, to answer them. So that's kind of what I would say. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, membership classes need to look like. I, I wouldn't say don't don't throw away the idea of a membership class because it's inconvenient. Because there right. are definitely ways to make it work. You know, mm -hmm. our church has two services. We usually have membership classes uh, going on during both of the services. That way, somebody can attend. We have one of our elders teaching it. And so there are ways to do it. I know churches that do membership classes on Saturdays, during the week, yeah. even one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, there are multiple ways to do it. I wouldn't mm -hmm. throw it away just because it's an inconvenient thing because it's really important. Yeah. And and one of the things that you're, that you're doing in all of this is you're teaching potential members right from the start commitment. Right. It's a commitment. Right. Yeah. You know, of course it's inconvenient. <laughs> it is you know it's it's there's no other way for it to be but that's part of what loving one another is you know it's it's taking the time right i've got plenty of time i've got 24 hours you know but i'm setting this time aside because this is something that is important to me and you got to be adaptable yeah i mean you, you it, try it out and figure mm -hmm. it out and make changes as necessary. We were looking at your membership class material yesterday yeah. uh, in preparation for this. And I think it was like, what, six sessions or something like that? Yeah. You said you mm -hmm. tried that out mm -hmm. and you ended up making it a single day. Yeah. Because you yeah. were having trouble getting everybody. Yeah. It was so hard to get people to go six weeks in a row. Right. Uh, I, think it, I think it was six. It was either six Saturdays or six Sundays. And of course, who in the world has six consecutive right. Saturdays, you know, or six Sundays, whatever it was. And so, uh, you know, six straight weekends. I mean, that's <laughs> uh, that, that would be a miracle. So we took it, we said, okay, let's do one Saturday. We'll get up early in the morning. We'll be out by mid afternoon. Um, but we're going to take this time, uh, you know, where we're just going to, we're going to deep dive, you know, into who we are as a church, uh, you know, ask any questions that you, that you have about us, you know, any questions about our past, any questions about our beliefs, you know, uh, and there were folks that had really good questions, you know, mm -hmm. we said, you know, Hey, you know, we're, uh, here, we're going to, um, we're going to preach this way. You know, and there were some that were unfamiliar with that particular type of preaching, you know, going uh, expositionally, um, you know, they just weren't used to that. Why do you do this this way? That's a great question. I'm so glad you asked that. Or even some of our convictions, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, the pulpit where we say, you know, we believe that uh, that God has uh, has called for men to be the elders, you know, here in the church. And uh, we don't open up eldership to uh, to uh, females and so on. And, you know, as you would expect, there would be some folks that had some questions about that. You know, right. what, why is that the case? And we were able to take the time and and go through that. So, yeah, you give the time, whether it's a weekly thing, whether it's a day thing or whatever, just as long as you have the time where you can be clear and upfront about about the beliefs and convictions of the church and where you leave the room for folks to ask good questions uh, so that, you know, they can make an informed decision. And so can the church. I really like the progression. I, I, we were talking about this yesterday of your first. You, mm -hmm. you start with talking about the goal of God's story then you talk about what is the gospel? What is the church? You know, uh, what must you believe to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a Protestant and evangelical? Really good progressions yeah. going there. Yeah. Yeah. The the whole thing is there were there were a couple of things. One, I don't know where folks are spiritually, you know, as they're walking in. Um, yeah, they could be you know, moving from another church, been a 
member of that church faithfully serving for 10 years, they could mm-hmm. be walking through church doors for the first time. Exactly. Exactly. So I start right from the start. Who is God and what's the gospel? <laughs> because if you're not a believer yet, you know, at least you're hearing what the gospel is. But it's also uh, kind of a driving a flag into the ground, you know, and saying uh, we this is who we are as a church. You know, we serve the the Lord God and and we are, you know, uh, um, we revolve around, you know, we're, we're rooted and grounded on the gospel, you know, the the uh, what God has done in Christ. Um, that's who we are. And you take that out and there's no church. You know, we don't exist. Um, and so, you know, we, it's really a, a declaration from the start that this is who we are. And then we start filling in the gaps, you know, of our identity. So now that we've established that, you know, that we are here because of what God has done in Christ, uh, now we can talk about what a church is, you know, and how God has formed a people around this, you know, a, a people, you know, who are his own sons and daughters that are living as a family together um, as a local church. But then even there, that's still too broad. You know, uh, there are all kinds of different churches and so on. So, you know, what are we? Well, we're not just a a, um, a, a church, but, you know, specifically, we're a Protestant church, you know, so we're not Catholic. So what does that mean? And then, you know, well, even more so, we're, uh, you know, an evangelical church, you know, well, that's uh, as opposed to, say, a mainline Protestant, you know, or so forth. What does that mean? Uh, well, even further, we're Baptist. Well, you know, that means we're not Methodist, you know, we're not, you know, uh, uh, non-denominational or what, what does that mean? You know, well, and then even further, we're Southern Baptist, you know, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, because we want folks to, again, we're laying everything out. We have nothing to hide. You know, this is who we are as a church. And, uh, and, and these are the things that define us. And these are the things that you should expect uh, when we gather together. So, uh, yeah, you know, we, we laid all of that out and there's some who are familiar with the language. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm boring them to death because, <laughs> you know, because they, they've already heard this. A, a, this is a why million snacks times. are necessary very much for every membership class. You snacks did. and coffee, coffee. Yes. Absolutely. Much, much coffee. Uh, but, but as I said before, there are some folks where all of these terms, they may have heard them before, but they have no idea what any of these things mean. Right. And so let's lay them all out. This is what what we mean when we say that kind of think of it almost like a um, like the mall map, you know, where you say you are here, you know, or like at the amusement park or something. Here's the map of of the world. Here's the map of the church. We are here. Right. <laughs> um, this is who we are. This is where we're located in, in this big thing. And hopefully uh, that helps them out. So I mentioned earlier the part of the process for me joining my church was the the elder interview. I'm pretty sure you, mm-hmm. you did the same thing yeah. whenever you had uh, when you were pastoring mm-hmm. in Baltimore. So if membership classes are the we're showing you who we are, mm-hmm. the elder interview is you sharing who you are. What are right. some questions that pastors need to ask mm-hmm. prospective members during that phase of the process? Yeah. Well, first off, uh, this is the opportunity where you can get their testimony. So who are you? <laughs> How have you come to faith in Christ? Um, have they come to faith in Christ? Uh, that's an opportunity where you can ask those types of questions. Where have they been before? You know, have they been a member of the local church before? You know, tell us what it was like. You know, what what did you enjoy uh, there at your at your previous church? What are some things that perhaps you thought you know could have been done better? 
that's helpful to know. Uh, not not so you have dirt on the other church or anything like that, but it helps you to know your uh, th- this person, to know what is important to them, you know what uh, what what convictions they have, you know uh, things like that. It's a time where you can ask them questions about the church's uh, doctrines. You know, are there are there things that we said uh, that you didn't you know uh, raise your hand about, or maybe you did raise your hand and and perhaps you want some clarity on that. Um, are there are there things about our beliefs that that you may want a little more you know a little more time to process? Are there things about our our uh, our church covenant in terms of our you know the expectations on your on your living and so on that that you may not be a big fan of? Mm-hmm. Maybe there there are some things you know say you have um, uh, convictions as a church about marriage and and about commitment to marriage and so on and maybe there you know this person is going through. Uh, you know, a rough patch in their marriage. Uh, it's good for you to know that, you know, so that, hey, maybe we can, you know, uh, we can set up counseling or or something like that. You know, uh, it's, it's good for us to know that. Um, or, you know, we've got a child who right now is just being rebellious and, you know, and, and we're just having all this conflict going on in the home, or maybe they left the home and they're trying to live on their own and so on. Well, that's good to know, you know, for us to, you know, to um, be able to, uh, uh, to provide the kind of care, the kind of shepherding, and so on, uh, to and counsel uh, to help you out in that in in that process. But this is a time where you get to ask the personal questions. You, know, you you can't get into all this kind of detail in a membership class, uh, but you can personalize that with a one you know uh, with a kind of a one on one time, and so on. So that now you can you can really start uh, thinking about what is needed for this person um, if he or she uh, want, uh, is is moving into uh, membership there at the church, and it may be to be honest, it may be that it's somewhere in that process uh, they may have gotten through the the membership class. And said, "Yeah, we're still we're still on track," but then you know, talking to them personally, you may go, "Hmm, it's probably better for you to go to this church over here because this church over here is maybe better suited, you know, to uh, uh, to help you, right. you know, in this regard." Um, you you know, it may go through the, or fall through the cracks in the membership class, but by having that uh, that that. Uh, more personal conversation with them, you may recognize that that may not be the, that your church may not be the one for them. Yeah. I know our pastor has, has pointed uh, uh, prospective members to different churches just because they were closer to them mm-hmm. in terms of uh, the location. Mm-hmm. For sure. Those are all great questions. Let's talk to a pastor of a new church mm-hmm. for a second. Let's say this pastor just started at a church and doesn't have a membership process other than coming up after the service and asking to be a member. What are some things this pastor can do to help his church see the importance of meaningful membership? And what are the first steps in installing a meaningful membership process in a church that that might not value it? Yeah, yeah. First things first, um, if I were to start anywhere, I would start with the Lord. I need to teach very clearly who God is and if I could emphasize anything, I would teach how God loves. The reason is we are not going to understand uh, the importance of church membership if we don't understand what, what true love is. Uh, in fact, a, a person who's, uh, who's done a good job explaining that is uh, Jonathan Lehman uh, in his uh, book, The Church and the Surprising Offense of God's Love. 
Um, membership is rooted in love. Our culture doesn't get it. <laughs> uh, our, our, our culture doesn't understand uh, the importance of, of uh, love as a committing to one another, a, a bonding with one another, not in a superficial way, but in a very deep and real way. Again, the the apostle uses body language to talk about us. I mean, um, my fingers, you know, all function and everything uh, here on my hand, and and I'm grateful for that. Uh, to lose a finger, you know, it, it would be would be traumatizing. Um, and it wouldn't just be traumatizing to my hand, but it would be traumatizing to my entire body. You think about the pain that you would feel, uh, you know, uh, to lose a, a finger and say, uh, you know, a saw accident or something like that. I need my hand. I need, you know, my, my members and, and, and so on. And uh, my body serves that. If I get a cut, you know, on a finger, uh, my body goes to work. You know, here come the red blood cells and, you know, here, you know, or, or whichever cells those are, I can't remember now, uh, you know, um, the, white blood. the white blood cells, there we go. And, and they go to work, you know, uh, and everything. I don't have to think about it. And yet my body is thinking about it, you know, and, and they're, they're going to serve, you know, and, and, and so forth. So all of that comes from the very nature of God. You know, that God loves in this way, that God is a giving God. He is a God who, who serves, a God who loves, a God who cares, and, and, and is very generous in, in his love uh, for his creation and, and, and so forth. This is coming from his heart, and God is cultivating a people who love this way, who are committed to one another in this way. So I'd probably start right there. Just who is God and who is, and, and, and uh, what is the gospel? What has God done um, in Christ uh, uh, by means of the Holy Spirit, you know, to gather a people for himself? Once I go there, now we can start laying the categories of what a church is. Who are we as a church? Who are we um, as, as a people? But hopefully as we're cultivating and uh, these definitions, as we're establishing these definitions, we're showing what membership is. Membership makes sense if this is the world we live in. You know, membership makes sense if this is the God that we serve. Um, uh, membership won't make sense if we don't see or we don't share this worldview. Uh, and so you've got to make sure that you establish this, uh, this worldview well. You may have to uproot a whole lot of stuff. Um, whether it's our, our kind of Americanism with our individualism and our consumerism, you know, uh, and utilitarianism and so on, where people are commodities, you know, people are products and not actual persons. Uh, you may have to uproot a whole lot of that because some of that has probably gone unchecked um, in, in our churches. Uh, that's the actual worldview and beliefs of the church that you need to correct if we're going to live and, and, um, and, and confess uh, biblically, uh, who we are and, um, and what the truth is. So you gotta, you gotta do some work with that. Um, I would also practically look at my constitution and bylaws. Mm. What does it say in there? You know, what does it say about membership? What does it say about the expectation of believers? Does it have any expectations for believers? Uh, and so forth. And I would get to work in, in, uh, in saying, uh, you know, from our constitution and our bylaws, 
this is what we profess. This is how we're going to live uh, together um, officially. Um, and so I want to do that as well. Um, I also want to, uh, if we don't have a church covenant, it'd be prob- it would be good to, uh, uh, to consider a church covenant to say, hey, this is uh, what we expect of one another. Put it in writing. Um, and there are certainly uh, great church covenants that have been uh, around, you know, for centuries. Uh, um, our church covenant uh, up in Baltimore, we uh, we just took the standard Baptist uh, church covenant, you know, that had been around since I think the 1800s, uh, and we uh, adopted that as our church covenant. We said this is how we're going to live with one another. Um, and so, yeah, uh, make sure in your church covenant that your expectations are biblical expectations. I'd probably start with the one another's, you know, of the new Testament and so on, you know, don't, don't go, you know, stupid uh, and, and adopt, you know, things uh, we expect, you know, women to wear skirts, you know, or something like that. Okay. Well, that's, you know, you may have that in your church covenant, but is that really biblical? You know, is that a, a biblical expectation? Make sure that you're um, that you're covenanting to live biblically, uh, and so don't add to scripture, and certainly don't subtract from scripture. Um, and then I would also emphasize setting up contexts for member life, for body life. Uh, so, how are our people serving? Is there a place for everyone to serve? You know, uh, does our you know is our church set up that way? That that that's a long term project, but that's a good thing. If you expect people to serve in the church, well, where are they going to serve? Um, how do they serve? You know, how do they serve not just there in your church building, but how do they serve outside the church building? Um, how are we doing body life? How are we doing fellowship with one another? Do we have say small group uh, communities and so on where we can gather together regularly? Um, you know, or do we only meet on Sundays? Uh, so if I expect my people to actually live together as the body of Christ, then we've got to provide a context where that living is going to happen, or else we're just talking and we're not actually uh, providing opportunities to apply that and to, uh, and to fulfill that vision. So yeah, you got to uh, make the spaces for that uh, with, with community, with fellowship and, and so on, both in uh, your building and outside your building as well. So yeah, in terms of teaching, I want to make sure that I'm emphasizing uh, these things in my teaching, you know, the theology, kind of the worldview, the framework in which all of this works. Um, I want to make sure logistically that uh, that we are um, establishing these expectations in our church covenant and our constitution and bylaws. And culturally, I want to make sure that we're establishing that by providing the spaces for us to right. do life together and to love one another and serve one another well. So all of these things, I don't have a time frame. It really yeah. depends on your church. But but I think all of these things you need to consider if you're going to uh, turn the tide there. If you have any additional questions or concerns about getting something for your church in regard to a membership process, reach out to us. We'd love to have a conversation with you and maybe give you some resources, help you out with that. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. If this episode was helpful in any way, consider leaving us a five-star rating and review. Uh, We would love to hear any feedback you'd be willing to give us. As always, it is our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors. And I hope we've done that today with our conversation. And as always, my brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.